things all planned out. And I came over here this morning, about 8 o'clock, to get it all in order and try to edit where I needed to and whatever, and, and God changed it on me. <laughs> so this one, this one isn't near as well thought on anything, but we're going to rely on the Spirit today. God's Amen. got this. Yes, it does. Amen. Is that camera off? <laughs> no, it says it off. <laughs> no, I like that off. This is not a traditional Christmas message, not what you're used to hearing when you come to church uh, on, on Christmas morning. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the wise men, actually, than and Jesus also, but a little more about the wise men than usually you're probably used to accustomed to hearing when you come to church on Christmas. Um, it started off that these wise men were from another country. They saw a star in the sky. The angel of the Lord came to them, I believe, so they knew what the star was. But this star came across the sky to lead them. Amen. Picture this now. Amen. In today's terms, they didn't have airplanes. They didn't think of UFOs or anything like that then, but this star was moving across the sky. It's a miracle in itself right there, right? Yes. The star was moving across the sky, and and <laughs> the star was moving across the sky, and, and they went to the to this town, and, and King Herod met them on the way and questioned them. Wanted to know when, when they saw this star. He was trying to figure out when the king was born. Right. He wanted to snuff him out before he before he got old enough to become a man. Yes. He wanted to kill a, kill him as a baby. That's pretty dirty, but think about that. Anyway, they, they, they answered his questions, went on down the road, and the star appeared to them again. It, it went across the sky until it came to where Jesus was, in a stable or a barn, if you will. And it stopped there over the top of where Jesus was. So they knew he was in there, and they went inside. And, and the first scripture I had says, when they came into the house, this is King James, and when, and when they were come into the house, and they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when... And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is what I want to talk to you about today. The gold, it was fitting of a king. You expect gold to be given of a king when he was born. Jesus was the king of kings. That's right. yeah. The Lord of lords. All these things are symbolic in this, I believe. Then they give him frankincense, incense. That would be fitting of a priest. In the Old Testament, when a priest went into the holiest of holies, into the inner chamber, only the priest could go in. You see, you would have to come to the priest and offer him your offering if you were a sinner. Everyone is a sinner, the Bible says. You would have to offer him your offering, and he would take it in and burn it for you. He would tie a rope around his leg in case he wasn't right with God when he went in there, though. He'd fall over dead. I would strike him dead, and they would have to drag him out. Well, the priest would go in. Imagine the smell of this place with all this blood and everything in there, and, and the Lord would come down and, and consume these things. But imagine the smell of this place. The priest would go in there, though, and, and burn incense to be a, a sweet presence to God. This is where God dwelt that was in this thing. Right. So frankincense was an incense. Frankincense was derived from a tree. It comes from the, from the inside of a tree. They get it out of it. By slitting the bark, they bleed it out, and they get this frankincense. It has a sweet smell to it. So that would be fitting to a priest. And Jesus is the high priest of all high priests. Right. You get this? He's the one that came here for our example, to be our Savior. Amen. The last thing, though, is what caught my attention, myrrh. Anyone know what myrrh is? Myrrh could have been an ointment used to heal you. And Jesus was a healer. He, he is the healer. Yeah. He's the master healer. He's right. the master physician. But myrrh also could be used for what else? It's for embalming dead corpses. Can you picture this in today's terms? When Sydney was born, how would you feel? Or any of you women that have a baby, how would you feel if someone walked in and handed you a bottle of, of anointing oil? I mean, of embalming fluid. Wow. And said, here you go. This is for your baby. Jesus came here to die. 
Yeah. He was born to die. Do you get that today? Yes, he was. He was born to die for my sins. I was a wretched sinner. A lot of us in here, were, we were all sinners. Some of us just a little worse than others. But he was born to die. Picture this little baby that was born to die. That brings me to the point of our babies. My babies, your babies. They were born all for a reason. Was it to become a doctor, a lawyer, a singer, an actress? Is that what they were born for, really? That might be a job, and it's all right for God to prosper. It's all right to get into these things. I'm not saying any of those things are wrong, but what were they born to do? You see, God had planned for Jesus to die on the cross before he made the earth. Before he spoke the earth into existence, he had a plan for his life. He has a plan for our baby's life. Are you played into that plan? Are you helping with the plan of these children? We saw 14 children up here today. Are you as their parents? Are you helping with the plan that God has for their life? Come on. What are we doing? Are we helping them or are we hindering them? Are we, are we bringing them into church every week? Are we doing the things we should be doing to lead them along? Are we supporting them? Are we dropping them off at church and leaving them here? You know, they're going to do what, what they see us do. I can't tell my children to don't smoke cigarettes while I light one up. I can't tell my children to do things that, that, that I turn around and do myself. Or not, do, as I, do as I say, not as I do. That, that doesn't work. That doesn't work in the world we live in. Uh, what were you born to do? You know, Christ was come here. He came here to be, to be an offering. He came here to be the ultimate sacrifice so that I might live, so that I might gain eternal life, that you might gain eternal life. What were you born for? What were you born to do? Are we living up to our full potential? What was I born to do? Ask you to look at yourself today and question yourself. What was I born to do today? What am I doing? Am I living up to that thing? You know, God knew I was going to work on an assembly line. Is that what he made me to do? Maybe he might have made me to be there and speak to other people about him. Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Acts 1.8 says you'll be my disciples. You, you will speak about me everywhere you go. First here in uh, Jerusalem or Judea, Samaria, the farthest places on the earth. Are we doing this today? Are we living up to our potential? Do you come into church once or twice a year and call yourself a Christian? You see, I speak to people all the time, and I don't mean to step on my toes today, but this is the message that God changed us through this morning. He changes the more of a salvation message than a Christmas happy message. But, you know, I talk to people all the time who claim they're Christians. They say that they're a Christian, but they don't know what the Bible says. They don't know what this book right here actually says. So when you talk to them a little deeper, they don't know. Or they might say, well, yeah, I'm Catholic. They give you a denomination. Well, that's good. Where do you go to church yet, brother? Well, you know, I really don't. I haven't been to church in 15 years or... Or whatever the case is. And, they, and when you get deeper into it and when you ask it more questions, they don't really, they're not really living up to what God has, what they were born for. What were you born for today? What are you here for? Jesus came and died on this cross for us because he loved us. There's going to be a lot of good people in hell, you know. A lot of us think we came here and we're pretty good. I'm pretty good. I don't do too much wrong. I've never killed anybody. I you know, I don't do any of these things. I may do this or that, dabble in this or that a little bit every once in a while. But the Bible says there's going to be a lot of good people in hell. Is that us? It's not just for the visitors today, church. It's for you as well. It's for me as well. Luke uh, chapter 13, 23 through 27 in the Amplified. And someone asked him, Lord talking to Jesus here. Will only a few be saved, rescued, delivered from the penalties of the last judgment, and made partakers of the salvation by Christ. And he said unto them, He is Jesus, 
Strive to enter by the narrow door. Force yourself through it. For many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house gets up and closes the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door, again and again, saying, Lord, open up to us, he will answer you. I do not know where you come from. And in parentheses here in the Amplified it says, What household? Certainly not mine. It goes on to say, when you, when you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. In parentheses one more time it says, What household? Certainly not mine. Depart from me, all you wrongdoers. What's he talking about there? He's talking about having an intimate relationship. You see, you can come in here to church, even if you sit here every week and you sit in the same chair and you bring your Bible every week. If you don't have the intimate relationship with God, it will get you nowhere. He'll say, depart from me, you evildoers, you workers of iniquity, the King James says. He says, you're not want one to, want, not want, not want one to, to perish. And this is why he changed my message up today. This is, I put through my notes already, so we're winging it now. <laughs> I had another one that was a lot more prepared and a lot more planned out, but uh, it's a salvation message this morning. Yes. You know, God, a lot of you knew me before. Um, I'm just going to go with my testimony on this. A lot of you knew me before, and, and I dabbled in church. I, I came to a Christmas play just like this. Or my, my grandma brought me to a Christmas play when I was four years old, or she brought me to church, got me into a Christmas play, and, and uh, got me involved in that, and my mom came to see me much the reason many of you are here today to come to see the kids. My mom came to see me on that day, and she was convicted. The Holy Ghost and fire got on her, Amen. convicted her, Amen. convinced her that she is real. Because without the Holy Ghost and fire, I may as well be standing here telling you about Santa Claus. Let's face it, folks, this is a fact. He has to be the one that convicts you. He has to be the one to show you he's real. And I know he's here today because I feel him. I brought him with me today. Uh, uh, anyway, so my mom got saved some, well, that's 36 years ago now. And, and she's still here in church. She's, she's been in church since then. She's been a Sunday school teacher. She's been a corner post of the church. Is that you today? Ask yourself that today. Do you need to get in? What were you, what were you born for? What were you born for today? So then I, got, I, I grew up in church a little bit. I, I was saved. I'd ask God to forgive me. But I never really had that true relationship, I guess. I was living on their skirt tails, and, to, to say, or their coattails. I never had that true relationship with Christ. And when I got a little older, I got to dabble in the world, and one thing led to the next. I got into drugs, got into alcohol, got into all the things of the world, all the sins of the world. I think I've tasted most of them. And I think God does that. A lot of you might say, well, why would God use me? I'm a wretched sinner. I've done all these things. Why would God use me? Do you know, even that time, all the time, God knew. God knew that he had prepared me to pastor this church even before he formed the earth. Amen. So all those things that he allowed me to go through, it was my choices. I did that on my own. God didn't send me there, I don't believe. But all the things that God allowed me to go through and all the things that I went through in the world and I, that I endured and that he forgave me of completely, exactly. all those things were, were, were to prepare me to be here on this day. Yes. Yeah. To minister to a certain group of people. Yes. Because you see, a lot of times we try to make this way too difficult and we try to make it... I have to be holier than thou and all these things, and, and it's a big, hard thing to do. But really, God wants you to be yourself. Yeah. God wants me to be myself. That's why he yeah. made each one of us a little bit different. He wants to have a relationship with you, with you, Bishop, and he wants to have a relationship with you, Kevin. He wants to have one with me because he wants those different personalities. That's the spice for God, you know. That he wants those different personalities. So he wants you. 
Amen. just as you are, Amen. just as you are. We see, we'll fast forward 20 years or so in my testimony, and I was laying in bed one night. Many of you have heard this story, but some of you visitors may not. And I feel, you know, the Bible says that you'll win them through the blood of the Lamb and your testimony, right, in Revelation. Yeah. So here it is. Uh, uh, so 20 years later, so I, was, I, I still believed in God. I wasn't living a right lifestyle at all whatsoever. I was partying and doing the things of the world. And, and I, I would still read my Bible sometimes, though. It was the NIV Bible I had at the time. And I would still read my Bible sometimes, and I would still pray to God. And at the time, I was doing pretty good or so, I thought. And I, I asked God, use me to do something great. And I thought that meant I was going to get to slip someone a $100 bill, or I was going to get to help someone, do, you know, do some work or something they needed done, or, or do a good deed, you know. Something that wasn't going to cost me very much. Yeah. Something that was going to be pretty easy, and I could do it and put it away, and it was gone. But that little voice inside of me said, you're going to preach. And I said, I don't know, God. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who you're talking to, God? Not me. I'm not preaching. Do you know who you're talking to? I I thought of myself as one of of the worst of the worst, you know, around where I lived in the town I lived in. in I was a black sheep of my family, basically. And this is when Pastor Leonard had just started taking uh, Messenger Chapel. And I, I was dabbling in church a little bit. I was going a little bit. Get in and feel a little bit, but then I go right back to the ways I was doing, much like a lot of us in here do. We're all the same, you know. We're all the same since the beginning. Just times went by, we're different people, but we're all the same. So uh, when God said that little voice inside of me, the Spirit, the Bible says the Spirit, big S, speaks to you through your Spirit. So the Holy Ghost speaks to me through my Spirit. He bears witness. So that was the Spirit talking to me. Some of you might call it a conscience, the Spirit of God, though. He spoke to me and said, "I was going to preach." From that time on, I stayed away from church. Didn't go anywhere around the church again for five years or so, something like that. And uh, I, I suppressed that thing. I didn't tell one single person about it, not anyone about it. I, mean, I didn't want anyone to know. As long as I kept it in the bag, I didn't have to live up to it. Amen. Right? Come on. Just speaking to anyone in here today, mm-hmm. a lot of you have callings on your lives, and you know what they are. You know what they are. As well as you're sitting here, you know what they are. But what are you born to do? Are you living up to that thing? Uh, so, anyhow, time went by and time went by. My wife and my mom had nagged me the whole time, come to church, come to church, come to church. So one day, I went to church just to shut them up for a little while. And and uh, the pastor preached and everything went well, I thought. And I was sitting about where Kevin's sitting at, somewhere in that area in Mr. Chapel. And at the end of the service, Darla cut him off in, at the altar call. She was standing over here and she said, there's a young man here today and he has a call on his life. And he already knows about it. And I said, well, who is she talking about? I'm not that young anymore. And I was looking around behind me. And Greg Hendricks was the only one behind me. And I thought, maybe it's him. Maybe I'm going to get out this thing again. So anyways, the service ended. It went on. The service ended. I headed out the back door. And going out the back door, I didn't say anything to anybody. I didn't greet anyone or anything. And she grabbed me by the back of the arm. She said, that young man I was talking about today is you. But you already know that, don't you? Is that you today? Is that you as we sit here today? You have a call on your life? You need to step up to the plate? Maybe the Holy Ghost has convicted you and has convinced you and you need to come down to the altars today. You're going to get that chance before we leave here. Time goes on. I left. I left that day. And uh, she, I, I, I had to call her back and say, you know, you, you got me. You was right. I was called to preach. I, I didn't tell her I was called to preach. I said, you got me. I was, I was called. So what am I called to do? Since you know so much, what am I called to do? <laughs> 
And she said, well, I want you to be called by God. I don't want to tell you this. I want you to be called by God, not by Darla. When the going gets tough, you're going to need to know that you're called by God. Okay. Well, I knew the whole time. She told me to fast to pray and see if I could figure it out. So I waited time. I already knew, so I didn't need to fast to pray, I felt like. I already knew, so I kept, kept just hounding her about it, hounding her about it, hounding her about it. And uh, one day she said, you really want me to tell you? You really want me to tell you? And I said, yeah, I really want you to tell me. Because I needed this other confirmation. I needed this confirmation. I needed to know that God had told her this. I needed to know that it wasn't just me dreaming it up. So she finally said to me, you're called to preach. You're called to preach. Well, see, God had told me I was going to preach on that calling. Later down the road, um, so first off, once, once that happened, I had, to, I had to step up to the call. I had to do it. The cat was out of the bag. I had to live up to it then. So God started delivering me things. He, he delivered me from drinking. He delivered me from smoking. He'll do the same for you. He's the same God. I'm no one special. I'm nothing special at all. I'm just the man who God chose to use. That's all there is to it. And he'll do the same things he's done for me for you if you ask him to do it and if you step out into it. I know there's several people here with calling in their life, and you need to step up to the plate on it. <laughs> a little later down the road, God gave me a little revelation the other day, and <laughs> he's back there grinning at me now. Didn't let him how he works. Uh, uh, a little later down the road, I started having dreams of this church. This is when Pastor King was in here still. And... Uh, uh, I'm just letting you know how God knows. I'm telling you about myself so you can maybe relate it to yourself. God gave me this to give my testimony today. Um, so Pastor King was still in this church, and I started having dreams that I was going to pastor this church. And I felt pretty safe about it because there was a pastor in here, and I knew, you know, I'm good. He's in there. I don't have to worry about this. Okay, God. So I just kept on doing what I was doing. I was preaching at Messenger Chapel sometimes. We were doing a nursing home a couple times a month. And... We were doing the things we were supposed to be doing, I thought. God was preparing us this whole time, though. God will prepare you for this call. Yeah. This call that you have on your life, he'll prepare you for this thing. Whether it's just to come serve him and tell people what he's done for you, or whether it's to be, you know, the next bishop. Whatever it is, God will prepare you for these yeah. things. And he was preparing us this whole time. And then one day, uh, Brenda came to me and said, you know, I feel like we're going to pass through that church. And I think Katie had a dream about it, too. Or she something Katie had said to Brenda, I don't know exactly what that was. And I said, well, i got to tell you something. This is how it happened. And, and I told her what I had thought. And then we come to find out that Brother King had, had passed away in a plane wreck. All right, God. And then, then you know, Cynthia Sumner came in. There were, the people came in. Every time that something happened with this church, though, or something, something changed or different, God, we lived in Independence Day, and God would have me drive by this church. And he'd have me come back here and pray for it. He would call me from Independence to come down here and sit in the parking lot and pray. Right. Walk around here and pray. This is how God works. Is he calling you to do these things? Is God calling any of you to step out to him? Is he convincing you this morning that he's real? That you need to come give your life to him? You know, he, he, he gave his life up just for you, just for me. Um, anyhow, time went on, time went on, and, and I had talked to my pastor about it. He even told a few other people about it. My wife knew about it that we felt like this was our call in our life. And uh, I think it was last year at youth camp. I was, I was going to be a counselor for the youth camp. Two years ago at youth camp, I was going to be a counselor for the, for the juniors. Oh, and uh, we got the flyer and the newsletter in the mail. It was this, I thought you were talking about Josh Pennington. It was, this it was Josh year. Pennington prophesied some things too, but I didn't get that part. We got this flyer. And the, Josh Pennington also gave me confirmation of where I've been at with change people's lives because... Josh, as soon as I walked in the door that year at youth camp two years ago, he said, are you a pastor? And I said, 
no, not really. I'm not, no, I had just figured out that I was going to have to accept this call and preach. And Josh said this to me. And, and then he was, the, he was the preacher at the youth camp that year. And then they had a prayer line, lined everyone across the front. And Josh went down the line and he touched people down the line. And people, some people were being slain and some people were not. When he touched me, I'd never fell down on the ground before from the power of God. It's never happened before. Every time I felt that presence like that, I'd try to keep my legs under me. It wasn't, man, I don't want this to be with me. I want to make sure it's not me. And then all of a sudden, when Josh touched me that day, the power of God hit me so hard, it knocked me to the ground. It knocked me down to my knee. I tried to keep my feet under me, but it knocked me down to one knee. And if, if the chair hadn't been behind me, hitting me in the back of the leg, I would have went to the ground. And he said, I don't know when I felt like that. He said, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know where you've been at. But wherever, whatever it is, God's going to use that to touch people that other people can't touch. Hallelujah. And that's why some of you are sitting here today. Yeah. Some of you knew me before. Some of you used to party with me. Some of you used to do the same things I've done. And God will use you the same way he's using me. He'll yes. touch people through you. Anyhow, that was a good part of the story, babe. Sorry. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> this is my helpmate here, my wife, by the way. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Someday she has flashcards up here for me. I appreciate her so much. Oh, pastor of the church. So we had told our pastor, I was, I was going to go last year to be a counselor for the junior boys last year, though. And the, the district newsletter came out and had some information in it. And I needed to call into the district office and ask them about, I forget what the question was, though. So I was, I was calling in and she said, are you going to tell them that, that uh, you feel like you're called to pastor that church? And I said, well, I, I don't know what I'm going to say to them. If I feel led by God to do it, I'm going to do it. And if I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to see where the conversation goes. I'm going to have to see. So I, I was dialing the number, and I had the phone in my head, and she said, hold on one second. And she pulled the thing back out, and right underneath where I saw about the district youth camp was a thing that said this church was open again. And we had thought that there was another pastor in here at that time. He wasn't here for a while, but I don't know what, how that turned out or whatever. But God just said, boom, 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 boom. He doesn't always tell you the plan for your life right from the beginning, though. Right. Sometimes you have to step out into it a little bit. And, you know, just because someone prophesies over your life, like Josh prophesied over my life, you know, God can call you to do that thing, and it's a great thing, and it will happen if you step out into it. But if I do nothing with that call, if I don't do anything with it, guess what's going to happen? Zero. God will use someone else in your place. God will raise someone else and prepare someone else to do that job that he has for you. Will you have that happen today? Will you have him ask you on that, great, that last day in the great white throne judgment, why didn't you step in my call, Kevin? Why didn't you do what I told you to do, Stephen? You're going you're gonna to have to answer to God for that on that day? What were you born to do? What were our children born to do? Maybe you're only called to raise up the next leader, and they're sitting in the next room. Maybe that's your calling. I don't know what your calling is. I can't tell you what your calling is. You'll have to get that from God. Amen. Can I get every head bowed and every eye closed today? Is there anyone here today who doesn't know the Lord today? It's a personal Savior. Personal. Remember the scripture I said, from his own household. If you're from my household, I know you well, right? I know my children well. I know my wife intimately. Do you know Jesus in that way today? If Jesus stepped out on that cloud today and said, it's over, we're coming home, my saints are coming home, or you stepped out of this building and got hit by a truck, or whatever the case may be, at the end of your time, we're all going to die. We're all appointed to die. As soon as you're sitting here, you're going to die. Would you go to heaven today? Let me ask you that question seriously. Would you go to heaven today? Can you tell me for a fact, yes, I'm going. I'm going, Pastor. If you can, that's great. 
Pray for the ones who can't say that. Pray with me right now, saints. If you can't, for a, a fact, say, if I die today, if Jesus stepped on that cloud today, you know, there's a lot of prophecies going on, a lot of prophecies being fulfilled this time right now. We're in the last of the last days, I believe. If you can't, for a fact, say, I'm going to heaven today, would you please step out to this altar? Make your way up here. There are people who would love to pray with you. It may be seem like a long step, a big step to stand up and walk down this altar with everyone looking at you. Let me tell you, they're not looking. They all have their, bad, their head closed. And we've all been there. We've all had to take that walk down here. There's people who would love to pray with you today. I believe heaven will rejoice if just one person will give their heart to God today. Is that you? You know, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin are death. So if all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, then we're all sinners. We've all failed in one way or another, at one time or another. But all we have to do is ask for forgiveness. It also teaches me, first off, let me tell you what the definition of death is. The definition of death is the separation of something forever. So as, you, as we know it here on this earth, when we're going to die, our body goes to the earth. Our spirit goes to God. And our soul goes to where we've prepared it to go to. That's what we're concerned about today. That's the first death. The Bible speaks of the second death. That everyone's going to go to a great white throne judgment, it says. God's the judge. He's going to judge each and every one of us. Everyone who's ever lived, everyone here, who here now or been here before, we're all going to be judged in front of God. It says they're going to crack two books open. The Book of Remembrance and the Lamb's Book of Life. The Book of Remembrance has everything you've ever done in it in your entire life, your entire existence. What you've done is in that book. It may have been 20 years ago and you don't even remember it. But when he opens that book up, you're going to remember it like it happened last night. That's what you're going to be held accountable for. That's what you're going to be judged for. Now, when you ask him to forgive you, he's going to take Christ's blood and blot those sins out, blot those things out. Then you're only responsible from there forward. Now, if I mess up again tomorrow, I can ask him for forgiveness again. That doesn't give you a license to do it again. But if, if you do it again, I mean, if it happens tomorrow, we all sin every once in a while, right? I don't believe we do it every day, but it happens to us sometimes. The Spirit will check me. And I say, Lord, please forgive me. I'm wrong, and you're right. I want to be right by you. And it's an ongoing thing after that. But you don't, have to, you don't have to be accountable for the things in your past anymore. God takes those things and casts them as far as the east is from the west. They are gone. They're history. The second book is the Lamb's Book of Life. If your name is written in that, you're going to heaven. If your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, it says you'll be cast in the lake of fire. Your soul will be separated from God forever. That's the second death the Bible speaks of. The second death. That's what we're trying to avoid here. Now, you can either profess that Jesus is the Lord today, or you can do it on that day. The choice is yours today, folks. It's life or death. This is real. This is for keeps. It's not a joke. It's not anything you can shrug off, walk out of here today and forget about it. Even if you don't believe it, it's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. Everyone's going to stand before God on that day. Is that you today? Maybe you've known God before. Maybe you just need to make a, re a new commitment with God. <coughs> Maybe you need to be doing something a little different in your life and you need to just ask Him for forgiveness today. Come to the altars, please. Please, I beg of you. I'll go one more step with you. If you, if you are nervous and, and you don't want to come to the altars, I guess, then would you at least raise your hand and slip it up and back down and say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. That's me. Thank you for the hand. 
Pray for me. That's me. Thank you for the hands. Thank you for the hands. Thank you for the hands. Thanks. Hands all over the place. Thank you, guys. That's me. Pray for me. Hold me up. Pray for me. You know, you don't have to do this prayer here today in church. Let me tell you also what the Bible says you have to believe to be saved. It says you have to believe that you're a sinner, of course. That Jesus is God's son. That he was born for you to die. You have to believe that he died on the cross for you so you can be forgiven of your sins. I think that's the gist of it right there. And if you just pray a simple prayer. You know, I talked to a man yesterday on the line. He thought it had to be some great, big, elaborate prayer. What do I say? He said, I don't, I don't even know what to say to God. And it's about being you. You just be you and talk to God like you're talking to me. Can we say the sinner's prayer right now, folks? Can everyone repeat after me? If you say this prayer and you mean it in your heart, it's as simple as this. If you mean it in your heart, I believe you're saved today. But you have to get into it and you have to live this thing down from that point forward. You can't just be saved here and then go back out to do whatever you do until you come back again on Easter or, or next year or, or in six months or whatever, however we live today. But you have to live this thing down. People, A lot of people think to, that to repent means that I say what I did wrong and then I keep on going however I'm going. But to repent means to turn away from things. Turn away from it completely. If we could, let's just repeat after me at this time. Lord, Lord I'm, a I'm a sinner. And I thank you that your son Jesus died on that cross for me. Please forgive me. Please, Please forgive, forgive me. me. Live in my heart. Live in my heart. Lead me and guide me. Lead me and guide me through your spirit. Through your spirit. The rest of my days. The rest of my days. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray this. I pray this. I am saved. I am saved. Amen. Amen. If you said that little prayer and you mean it, I believe that you are saved today. If you have a home church, go there. Get involved in that church. Figure out what your calling is and do that thing. Get involved in it. Yeah. Don't just sit there and warm the pew. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to have you here. Right. Yeah. We have plenty of jobs for you to do. You can get on the ground floor of an up-and-coming church. Amen. We're growing. A lot of people Amen. say we're small. I say we're young. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We're up-and-coming. That's all I have for you today. Uh, if we could just close in prayer this time. Daddy, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for the souls that you've sent out here today, Lord. I thank you for the people who raised their hand here today, Lord. The six or eight people, Father God. I pray that you would touch them, Lord. Show them who you really are, Father. Show them that you're one true living God, Lord. Remind them, them of this daily, Father. Remind them who you are, Father God. Speak to them through their spirit, Lord. Just nurture them, Lord, and give them the milk they need, Father God. Bring them along, Father God, into mature thriving, productive Christians. Lord, make them great men and women of God for you, Lord. I pray this on this day, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray this. Amen. 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 We'll have a great Christmas. Christmas. Our service is canceled on Christmas night. Yeah. Um, I want to tell everybody Merry Christmas, too. We love you all. I've missed you for a week. Um, Debbie and I made some little ornaments. Um, so we have one for each family. And my, our daughter, Katie, will be at the back door handing those out. So Merry Christmas. We love you all. Merry Christmas. I want to say something. This is from all of us to you guys. Oh. Do we open it now? We found us in the songbook. Oh, I think it's too Oh, okay. Hey, go. Hey, go. Awesome. Not quite what I had planned on. Sure. Did you get that
Good word, brother. Thank you. Good word. Thank you again. You're welcome. Oh.